Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Planning Working Group meeting. Um, to that, uh, the uh, group has uh, had a presentation uh, f uh, given by Nigel Moore from ORS Opinion Research Services, who under undertook our analysis of the Schmar strategic housing market assessment, um, which was a, a point of debate at a previous uh, working group meeting. Um, and he went through the methodology and exactly how he came to the figures. It was a very helpful presentation. Uh, he had a number of slides, and um, I suggest that we attach those slides to the minute so they are in the public domain um, for anybody to look and obviously uh, to come back to us if you have queries on those um, on that presentation. Okay, I don't believe Rebecca. That, is it Rebecca? Uh, do we have any members of the public speaking? Uh, no, we don't, Chairman. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, item one: apologies for absence and declarations of interest. We've had Steph Stephanie Harris as an apology. Can I make a point on declarations of interest, please? Um, and first to say this, this is in no way a reflection of Mr. Taylor's work over a number of years um, at the Council. But as you will know, Mr. Chairman, I wrote to you expressing my concern about his continued um, interest in the, uh, in the working group, and in fact, continued interest with the plan, where there may, may be an actual or probably even more importantly a perceived conflict of interest with his new role and particularly with the, with the latter part of that, the perceived conflict of interest, particularly when we come to the plan inspection, I believe it is totally inappropriate that he is at that meeting and at this meeting and continues to be involved in the plan process and I would ask that he would withdraw. Well, thank you for that. Uh, this point has been discussed with senior officers, including our legal advisor uh, at the uh, Council, and uh, we are reassured that uh, Mr. Taylor's position is uh, perfectly tenable. I think we all know where Mr. Taylor is going. We know the exact um, uh, involvement of that company in uh, not very much in Uttlesford. Uh, all provision uh, around that has been taken into account. Uh, even tonight, actually, some of the items that were due to be introduced by Mr. Taylor have been changed to Mr. Fox, who obviously becomes uh, the pivotal figure uh, in the discussion. So, um. I think, as, as I said, I'd written to you on this subject, and in fact, whilst you didn't respond, um, you asked Mr. Harbers, the uh, Head of Personnel, I think, uh, and uh, Acting Chief Executive to respond to me. And in fact, in that email, he did uh, undertake that uh, Mr. Taylor would not be involved 
And so that is a indirect con uh, controversial, contravention, what's the word I'm looking for, but directly opposing what he has said to me. And so that does seem entirely inappropriate. Mr. Harbour isn't here to, uh, to look at that decision. Well, I think Mr. Harbour was referring to a conflict of interest, and uh, I think I've answered that point, uh, that there is a huge amount of work to be done, um, and uh, we, it would be improper if this council is for uh, people to see out their term of notice. Uh, the Council will be short of resource if we didn't do that. The key part of this, Councillor Lodge, is that there isn't a conflict of interest. That is the key part. Not that he isn't doing work for the Council, but there isn't a conflict of interest. And that is, the, that is the part that has been carefully examined and that we are satisfied there will be no conflict of interest. And on, uh, as an opposition to that, I am uh, totally unsatisfied that there is a conflict of interest. I am certain that uh, there is. There will be a, a perceived conflict of interest, particularly by the inspector, and I would particularly like that noted in the minutes of this meeting. Okay, and uh, you, I, and Councillor Dean and others, uh, senior officers, not Mr Taylor, have a meeting this Friday, and I'm sure we can talk that through then, but as far as tonight's concerned, Mr Taylor is staying at the meeting. Okay, moving on. Um, Sorry, Chairman. Sorry, Chairman, can I just make a related point? Not out, out with Usselsford District Council, um, Mr Taylor is covered by a professional code of conduct by the Royal Town Planning Institute, which governs issues such as this that we're talking about here, about potential and perceived conflicts of interest. And it's obviously up to Mr Taylor to follow his professional code of conduct, but I just want to add that there's that security as well, Chairman. Okay, thank you for that uh, contribution. Minutes of the last meeting, are they uh, a, a, an accurate record? Um, Chairman, if you look at the top present, it seems to be I was in two places at once. Yeah. And from, were you at the meeting? No. Nope. Right. So we will take you, you out of apologies. those present and leave you as an apology. Yeah, I gave my apologies and that you... Duly be dealt with. Accepted it. Anything else? Otherwise, Councillor Parry. Under um, PP37, Greenbelt Review. I, is this a matter arising or is this a... No, it's a correction. A correction, it? sorry. Yeah, yeah. PP... Um, 37 on 37. page 6. It states that um, the study could consider new greenbelt designations, but these would be on the edges of the existing greenbelt area. That's not what they said. They said that they would look at them all, and we specifically mentioned Saffron Walden and Thaxted. And at no time did they say that it would just be on the edges of the existing greenbelt. Yep, thank you. Uh, I think what they said is that if they were looking at the, it would be an extension of the green belt because you can't. It would be if they're looking at the green belt, it would be an extension of London's green belt, um, and I think that's what they said they would look I at. I wrote down what they said, and they said they will review Saffron Walden and Thaxted, and that they were going to put the new box in the flowchart. Perhaps it's the way it's determined, but it would be an extension to the green belt. That does that not, that not mean included within the not within the boundary, but actually attaching to that boundary. Yeah. Yes, so they can't include Saffron Walden and Thaxted then, can it? Unless it goes all the way out from the existing Well, yes, that's what belt. it would need to do. Because this, well, this is reviewing London's green belt. Okay, so I it's got to be one them. contiguous whole. Um, okay. So <coughs> they, that, that's why I think, perhaps it's the wor wording, but it's looking at 
the 80s whether or not there are places to extend the green belt that would warrant yes where it says it would just be on the edges i think it would be better to to, if it actually said so that so as to include saffron walden and baxter because they did the specific towns we mentioned okay yep thank you otherwise we're happy for, for accuracy. Okay, that would be duly signed. Okay, in terms of um, matters arising, item three on the agenda, um, PP 34 to 36, Councillor Dean. Mr Chairman, in um, PP 36, there's reference to a council response to the PAS review. It talks about uh, a workshop on the criteria for the evaluation of sites. A date will be confirmed in due course. I'm not aware that the date has been confirmed, so can I uh, have some assurance that this is in hand and that there will be uh, such a thing happening? Yep, we will deal with that. Well, thank you. And on the following page, I won't go into it now, but there are references here to um, plan, project plans and so on, which I think is probably better if I bring up under the, I think it's the second item on the agenda under, under the LDS. Okay. Right. Thank you. Sorry, Chairman, sorry, could I just respond to that? Um, just picking that point up, yes, the action was to prepare a flowchart to explain the various stages. Clearly, you're, you're absolutely right, Councillor. This does flow from what we decide this evening on the local development scheme and what Cabinet decides, because once we get the, the high-level <laughs> targets in place, then that will hopefully follow on from it. But, but yeah, you're right, we'll pick it, pick it up later on. Yeah. It, 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 this is up to 36, is it, or are you...? Um, yes, I'm still on, uh, on, on 36, though some of them are not quite definable. But um, we, I, I asked specifically for um, terms of reference on the employment strategy, the highway and transport strategy, uh, also on the housing strategy and the employment land review. And all of these appear to have been missed from the... Uh, from the meeting, and it's my recollection then that there was an undertaking that these would be given to the to members, but uh, the minutes are silent on that. I just ask if, if uh, officers had a reckon, recollection of that. Yeah, there's no reason why we won't give up to the terms of reference, obviously. Um, so could you repeat your list and we'll make sure that... Uh, was the employment strategy, uh, the highways and transport strategy. Uh, and then particularly a, a point I raised was, was um, how, how do we get from, we've had a rather superficial sustainability um, review on the, on, on the sites that are being put forward. And, and a question which I've constantly been getting to me is how, how do we get from that to the, to the real strategy and, and do we have that type of discussion at, at this meeting and I felt that that hasn't been terribly well covered yeah. yeah you're absolutely right councillor that's precisely the sort of discussion that will be had at this group meeting clearly the sustainability appraisal in terms of our direction of travel sites and things like that will flow from firstly the evidence base which we are still, which is still under review in large part, um, but certainly once we have that evidence established on transport, employment, retail, all the things that you've just talked about, then there will be a roundtable discussion in this group about those sorts of high-level decisions. Uh, 
and the sustainability appraisal will be undertaken of those potential high-level options. So that debate will certainly be had in this group. Okay, fine. It would be great if we could, if we could have those specifically minuted so we know that they're, uh, they're coming along. And then one, one final thing, though, which is closely. I also asked about uh, uh, community infrastructure structure levy, which um, um, I, w I think I'm pretty certain I received an assurance that would, that would be coming along, but I see no mention of that either. And I presume, again, that's something else that we will discuss in this forum. Indeed. I'm getting a nod, but if yeah, yeah. we can minute that, that yeah, would be excellent. the microphone, do, yes. Do that. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, um, moving on. PP 37, 38, and 38. No. 40 and 41. Uh, Chairman, on, on PP 40, uh, we've had two meetings uh, with our transport consultants, WYG. Um, First, first one was an inception meeting, but we had another meeting last week as well. Uh, essentially, they're in the process of collecting and analysing the existing data that we have, which are held from a number of sources. Sorry if you can't hear me. Um, things such as traffic counts, uh, public transport data, previous studies that have been undertaken. Um, and I think what the key, uh, one of the key things they are undertaking at the, at the moment is underviewing a review of the... <coughs> excuse me, highways impact assessment and the inspector's findings um, at the last, into the withdrawal local plan, which clearly did look into highways issues in some detail. So, so essentially they're, 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 get, they're getting their database sorted out, Chairman, that, that's where we are. When, when we get to more substantive areas of direction of travel and, and things where they start looking at broad areas of search, we'll obviously put a report before you, Chairman, and, and start getting into more detail. Sorry, I just missed one on 39, which is the issues and options consultation, which is now uh, some weeks from closing. I wonder when we were going to get the, uh, the report on that. Yep. I think, I think you get that in the agenda. Through you, Chairman, yes, you're right. I mean, just to say where we are, um, we have now logged and registered all the representations and... <clears throat> Excuse me. There were approximately 400 responses to each question, and there were 19 questions. So that's, that, that in itself was quite a, quite a job, Chairman. But what we're going to do for the next meeting is prepare a sort of high-level uh, report, setting out overall what 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 the response sort of areas of response is covered. Um, you know what the key um, statutory undertakers and our neighbours were saying about particular questions, and also what residents were saying. But it would be fairly high-level, Chairman. Strategic land availability assessment, Mr. Yeah. Fox. Yes, it's a similar situation with the strategic uh, land availability assessment. Just, just really to, to recap uh, in this report as much as anything else about where we are, the, the methodology, um, and how we intend to go forward with the SLAA, because it's, um, it's housing and employment. Essentially, we'll be publishing it next month. We haven't got an exact date yet. And then we'll be going out for comments. <coughs> excuse me, um, to promoters of sites and town and parish councils. And this is essentially just a sense check, Chairman, to look at matters of fact, um, whether there's any factual inaccuracies. It's not to get into the merits or demerits of any particular site, but whether we've, whether we've missed anything, Chairman, as much as anything else, just to make sure that we've got the facts right. Okay. Any uh, 
comments on that, Councillor Lodge? Yes, I wonder if Mr Fox could, could comment on this. The, the, the study itself is, is rather based on existing towns rather and, and, and biased away from a, a new settlement. Is, um, would you say I was correct in my reading of that? Um, through you, Chairman, no, I wouldn't. I mean, we, we'll be looking at... It, it's a combination of the call for sites and some of the sites that were proposed were very large. Yes, yeah, so, so, so yeah, it does embrace that, and obviously some of them are quite small scale as well, so there's a, a fairly even distribution, Chairman. During the course of the meeting, you're going to refer to a special council meeting to consider that matter, are you, or would it be good to take it now? I can do, Chairman. I don't know the exact date. It's not this matter. Hmm? It's not this matter. It's not this matter, but... Uh, it's related. It's, yeah. It is related, Chairman. So I, I don't know whether Mr Taylor wants, knows more than about the actual dates and times. No, we, OK, I'll answer it then. Um, we are looking at uh, having a full council meeting to discuss the... If I won't use the term new settlement, but perhaps a, a sort of large-scale growth option. Uh, well, I think the term, actually, is the structure... Yeah, because it might be in, or it might be, it might be, or it might not be. Yeah. Correct. But yeah, it, 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 exactly. It, it, correct. Yeah, yeah. which right. needs to be taken ahead of everything else because it is instrumental into how you do your further thinking. So the intention is that sometime in March, we're grappling for a date at the moment, um, that we have a full council meeting, and obviously the, you've then got to work back from that. That uh, you know, it'd be good if this group could uh, look at it. Uh, then it's got to be signed off by cabinet. No, could do that in an emergency meeting, uh, but uh, that th 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 we do need to get the sequence of uh, meetings in place. But for officers to have guidance from this council in terms of the structure of our proposals, not nothing to do with the exact sites, but the structure. So that we, that decision we need to take um, by Easter. That's correct, John. Yeah. Did that answer so perhaps some of the other points that uh, you heard? Yes, I had just one point related to that, and that was we were promised the, re the terms of reference for the Guard City organisation, which I think we are still missing. Or did I miss we'll it? Add, we'll add that to the list. It'll all be part Thank of the you. minutes. Yeah. Councillor Barker, then Councillor Dean. Uh, could I just add, the, the council meeting in March will follow on from a cabinet meeting, which will follow on from this meeting reconvened at the end of February. So it's not, it's not, a decision is not going to cabinet without discussion being held here. I'm not sure I understood that. <laughs> Sorry. We will have a further working group of this planning policy working group at the end of February. The decisions on the structure and the sort of direction of travel will then go from this group to cabinet. And it will then go from cabinet to council. Councillor Dean. I think, I think, Chairman, this is an appropriate point to raise my general concern that I certainly feel uh, as, a, as a member of this working group that I'm working somewhat blind in terms of what's coming next. Um, and we have discussed in the past the need for a, call it a plan, call it a, a number of key milestones and how they fit in together, the sort of discussion that was just being talked about now in some way talks of, is, is, is relevant to the, the council's vision for the district and yet we haven't actually um, put our minds to that yet. So I, I do have a great problem. Um, I, I might well have been 
not here tonight, but for changes for plan for a holiday. And I thought I was going to be missing uh, a meeting where we were going to get feedback from the recent options consultation. That, that was clearly my mistake, but that was partly because I had no idea what to expect at this meeting until the agenda came out last Wednesday. Uh, and nor do, I, nor do I have a timetable of meetings saying what key items are likely to come up at subsequent meetings. And I think this is a, a, big, a big weakness, certainly for me, and I don't think I'm alone in saying that I, I like to think ahead, and if I can only think a week ahead because I don't know what's coming next, then I, 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 I find myself at a disadvantage in getting my head around things and deciding what I need to investigate beforehand. So I, I come back to the point that I've been making at the last few meetings. I want to see a plan of campaign and what is likely to be happening when, not just in terms of the meetings and what's likely to be on the agenda, which is the sort of decision come recommendation area, but, the, but the, the, the main activities that our officers are carrying out behind the scenes so that we can see how that fits in and, and we can monitor progress. Um, sorry to labour this, but because, because the sort of things that were coming up tonight taking me by surprise about a a council meeting that certainly nobody has mentioned to me before tonight. I, th I, think it's, uh, I think we need to do things differently and, and, and more rigorously. Well, and the, the very point of putting in the council meeting is that we do exactly that. So we have a staged approach, uh, slightly wrong-footed officers by raising it at this point. But I think it's important that this group is aware of that. I think Mr Fox indicated that's exactly what he's going to do to, to answer your point. Uh, and it may be helpful that we take that a stage further and try and put um, dates in the diary for 2016 for this group to meet uh, so that we've got a clear plan because they're going to come thick and fast. Uh, I think we could ask uh, officers to do that and obviously are all available um, and to indicate, as you say, the agenda items, but at what key decisions have to be taken so there is a shape. But I think the answer uh, your point more specifically but uh, after we've been through the next item yes you're, you're absolutely right chairman I mean, I had two points on that first of all um, the discussion about the local development scheme which we've already covered the second point is that I'm more than happy to put together a work program or a forward plan whatever you would like to call it saying what's, what, what items of business that this group is likely to be considering going forward um, the one plea I would put in with that chairman is to to, to re the recognition that it won't be in tablets of stone and things will move around from time to time. So, but we'll try and give you advance notice of that. But, but the, absolute, the generality of that, I'm absolutely fine with, Chairman. Okay, thank you. Um, any other points on uh, agenda item four? Otherwise, uh, we, we note that uh, the first phase of the Schla will be um, uh, published on the website in February. <coughs> and we'll be discussing it at our next meeting. Okay, thank you. So, uh, are we happy to note for information? Chairman, could I, could I just add, before we move on from that, that in November, Martin Payne presented to the committee a very comprehensive forward work programme. We may be changing the local development scheme, but the work programme will still have to be done, although slightly differently. So, if members do refer, and I've just dug it up, the agenda for the meeting on, in November, it goes through every single thing that has to be done before we can put this plan to bed. So we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We may be changing some of the dates, but it is all there. And we remember at the time that it was such a good piece of work 
that we actually ask for it to be distributed to all members. So, you know, let's, you know, we have been telling members what's going on and we will continue to do so. And I think it might be timely to send it out to members again because um, there's a lot to remember in this subject. Okay, um, so can I have a show of hands in terms of um, uh, noting for information? Uh, four, please, those in favour. Those against, those abstaining, carried unanimously. Thank you. Item five. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, I think by way of uh, introducing this item, I'd just like to go over... Sorry, the benefit of those uh, listening outside, this is the Local Development Scheme, is the title of this paper. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you, Chairman. Um, yeah, I think by way of introduction, uh, it would be helpful if we went over some of the history of the Local Development Scheme as it is at the moment before we get into a debate, Chairman, about how and if and whether we change it. The, the current Local Development Scheme was approved in, I believe it was February by Cabinet last year, 2015. So it's coming up for a year old now. And, <coughs> excuse me, that Local Development Scheme fell out of the withdrawal of the local plan, the former local plan. And um, it was, I think, very much a reaction to that withdrawal <coughs> and the need to put some programmes swiftly in place to talk about bringing a new plan forward. Since, since that time in the last year, there have been several changed circumstances. The first, to my mind, is the fact that some of the elements in it have been overtaken by events, and I'll just, you probably haven't got it, I, don't, I suspect most members haven't got it in front of them, but the programme was um, to complete the strategic housing market assessment by June of last year, the call for sites April to June last year, and consultation um, between September and November of last year on the call for sites and different distribution strategies. And then in February and March of this year, uh, consultation on preferred options, and in May of this year, the pre-submission consultation. So clearly everyone around this table will know that that programme is already out of date and has been overtaken by events. I could, could go into more detail, Chairman, but just looking at the generality, it has been overtaken by events. And I think my, my predecessor, Martin Payne, was very helpful in putting several reports to this group, explaining the way forward and what steps needed to be done to get a sound plan in place. And I'm sure you'll recall some of those very, very thorough reports. Um, the other, excuse me, changed um, circumstance is two government announcements in July of last year by Brandon Lewis, a written ministerial statement, and by Greg Clark in a letter to the planning inspectorate setting out potential sanctions for local authorities who fail to have a plan in place, sorry, excuse me, um, failed to publish or produce a plan um, in early 2017. And the threat of sanctions being, um, well, it's not totally clear, but the government um, essentially comes in and writes the plan is one of them. So on that basis, Chairman, we've looked again at the local development scheme and with those three th factors in mind have come up with the suggested programme which you have before you this evening. The key change is that one stage, a preferred issues and options stage, is missed out, is left out, and um, that is what it is, Chairman. Um, there's no getting away from that point. But we think there are good reasons why we should pursue the timetable before you, particularly to meet the government deadline, but also because we won't have this, the evidence play in place um, until the summer of this year. 
Now, some people have criticised that decision already. There's um, uh, local planning consultants are saying that they would uh, be happier with the preferred option stage, so I draw that to the group's attention. But um, I think, um, Chairman, that both Mr Taylor and myself are confident that this is the right way forward. Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that for the time, minute, Chairman. For the minute, Chairman. Okay, thank you. Councillor Dean. This document uh, took me entirely by surprise. Um, it, it was published saying there were some changes, but it wasn't obvious from reading either the covering report or, or the document itself what those changes were. And it was only, wasn't until I looked back at the, the document that was uh, approved in January last year that I realised that, that it had been the intention to adopt the new local plan in March 2017, uh, nine months earlier than we now, it's now being suggested that we should adopt it because this new document um, suggests December uh, 2017, which is, which is nine months later. Um, so I think, I mean, I have a criticism of the way this was presented, that it wasn't transparent enough. It wasn't obvious to me that until I dug back in my archives that, that this was a, a nine-month slip, uh, which, which again comes back in some ways to my earlier point about if I had a, a plan in front of me uh, that I could keep referring to, then, then I wouldn't have to... I'd have something I could track um, progress against. Um, I, I think I would like further justification as to why a, a nine-month slippage really is required, and in particular whether there is anything that we as a council can do by throwing extra resources at the work to to bring it forward from then. Now I know there is a question of dependency on outside bodies and if they don't deliver until a certain time then there's nothing we can do about it other than shout and ring them up every five minutes. Um, but I, 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 you know, I, think, I think that nothing, we've, we've had nothing, <coughs> to my knowledge, I might be totally wrong here, and if, if I am wrong, please tell me, but we've had nothing in into being 12 months, which suggested that there was a nine-month delay coming on, and suddenly this, is, to me, has come out of the blue. Uh, and I think that, that, that approach worries me. Um, so is it possible to have f further justification for it? And I know I'm probably not the only one who's going to raise this, that, we're, that the, the, the program has suggested is being extended by nine months, Yet it excludes one phase of consultation which was in there and it's now being suggested that it should come out. Uh, that, to me, tells you you should save time rather than uh, require more time. And I know it's probably not as simple as that, but and Mr. Falk can probably come up with an explanation. But to take it out, and particularly when in a later document um, on the, what do we call it, the community involvement, anyway, the one about engaging with the public, the, the document is effusive about wanting to improve engagement with the public. So I think we need a good explanation as to why we're on the one hand saying we're going to improve engagement with the public, and which includes consultation. On the other hand, we're whipping out of the process one of the 
things, one of the stages that did occur last time, and it was on, in the plan which was published in December last year. So quite a number of points there, but just to start off, I think we all need to bear in mind not necessarily approved because that would be at the pace, but submitted in March. Otherwise, and from a point of view, people coming in to take over plans. So, um, as far as the timetable, I mean, it's already been referred that uh, Mr. Payne. So I think the, the timetable is, is actually in your back copy of the minutes, but uh, in terms of the slippage, Mr. Fox has already alluded to that, but I'll let him repeat the point. Um, but uh, in, in from now, will be given the data and will respond on in that. We, I believe, will be published for the sightings of the plan at uh, our set putting the and uh, and then we rotation there is only one statutory um, point of <coughs> consultation now, so I think that's part of their uh, desire to um, accelerate the process, which, as you're aware, is dragging. But Mr Fox may have other points to add. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I'm afraid my, my voice is going a little bit, so I'll, I'll pass over to, to Mr Taylor. Certainly, uh, over the historical elements, I'm not throwing him a hospital pass, I hope, but I'm sure he can cover that. I think the other point I would like to make, Chairman, before I do pass over to, to Mr Taylor, is, is the fact this preferred option stays, there is no legal requirement to undertake this. This is an optional add-on extra, so if members could just bear that in mind. Thank you. I don't think I necessarily need to add too much more than um, Councillor Rolf said. I mean, I think the issue that Mr Fox outlined to start with in the fact that the current LDS was produced um, in February because we needed to get one in place following the draw of the last local plan. The work over the last year has focused um, through Mr Payne in relation to the sustainability appraisal and the considerable work that went in around there, which was considerably longer than we were expecting it to be. Um, I think that was quite clear through the documents that Mr Payne brought to the working group in terms of the, the, the work that was being programmed and the, the onward projection. I'll accept the onward projection report that um, Councillor Barker mentioned, I don't think had dates for memory in it, um, but that, that was, if you like, his parting gift or in terms of this is where I think it needs to go. Um, I seem to remember the discussion as Councillor Barker did, it was, it was a, a good solid piece of work in terms of moving forward. What um, Mr Fox has done now being in post, looking at um, where we've got to, looking at the additional work that needs to happen. The one piece of work, for example, in relation to the transport, and um, as Councillor Lodge said, you know, when, we, when you get the, uh, the brief in relation to that and the timescale indicates the work they need to do, and we will not have, we will have the, the report on the site by, you know, summer, late summer, but we, we won't be able to move forward before, before that point. So there are other <coughs> pieces of evidence base, other external work integral to the decision-making process of the council. And that's, that's the main reason of, of the as you described it. Um, 
so to to focus on ensuring we have a submission plan by March 2017, which is the government's given date, this is what falls out of that that um, that approach. <coughs> we are meeting, or the, the plan shows the council meeting the regulations that are set down. Um, Mr. Fox and myself are meeting um, with the. Uh, head of local plans for Department of Communities and Local Government tomorrow morning so we can go through this in more detail with her and the blockages to the plan, that's the whole point of the meeting um, a meeting that, that we requested but a meeting that, that um, other, other councils have been requested to attend you know, so we're in a better situation than, than others um, our colleagues in Epping and Harlow have been, been requested to attend a meeting so we thought we'd be proactive and, and, and go and see her first um, so you know, if there is any concern about the process, the time scale, um, one of the agenda points that she has put on is 2017 deadline. Um, you know, so it's very clear that that's what they are looking at. But if there are any concerns, this obviously has to be signed off by Cabinet. We're meeting tomorrow, so we'll be able to feed that back into the Cabinet process so that Cabinet and attendees at Cabinet can be fully um, appraised of, of that update. Um, but this is the... Uh, best timetable that we have um, given the amount of work we have to do and given the deadlines that we are um, being required to meet. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Given that um, some of the things in the uh, last local plan were found sound, it wasn't all found unsound, will we be using that again or utilising what is in there or do we have to start the whole lot all over again and scrap it all because it does seem that it, if we can use it then we should rather than waste time, money and effort on just dismissing it. Um, Therese, we mustn't rest on our laurels, but I think there's a lot of um, validity in what you say. The inspector only found, us, um, <clears throat> found any sort of fault with us in two or three areas, which, which is good. Uh, but equally, I err on the side of caution and make sure, and this is one of the things we will raise at the meeting tomorrow as well, mm -hmm. is that we haven't missed a trick and th <laughs> things have moved on and things have changed mm -hmm. and we need to take on board various things between... Uh, year last December and now, but yeah, I fully take on board your point. A lot of the, a lot of the plan was absolutely fine, and there was no, nothing wrong with it. Other councillor lodge. Thank you, Chairman. A couple of pre-points before I get onto the substance. Apologies, but one thing: when when we get a, a resubmission of a document, I wonder if for the future, I wonder if we could have a marked-up version rather than uh, going through it all again. Just a relatively minor point. Um, Secondly, I'm, I'm concerned about the process. The, the, this, this is a major, major change in, in what, what uh, we are doing and, and the, the, the lack of consultation I see as a, as a major issue. But I wonder what the process was. I saw these minutes uh, last Wednesday, but in fact, um, some days before that, I had feedback from a developer that this was going to happen which is why I wrote to Mr. Fox saying surely it can't be true. Um, I just wonder, could I ask you first of all, when did you, when did, did you have a pre-discussion on this? When did you know this was going to happen? Yeah, as chairman of the um, leader of the council and chairman of this group, um, obviously in preparation for these papers, I was consulted. Um, but that wasn't very long ago, a week, ten days maybe. 
Okay, I, I, I would have thought in general that, that coming forward with such a major change as this is something that should have been discussed rather than simply prepared as a, as, as a relatively fait accompli um, issue here. And, and as I said, I'm deeply disturbed by it. Uh, if you look at some more detailed notes, before, before we actually make a decision, um, I think that the comparators are, are, are always important. And, and I would very much like, before we make a decision, to know what the case histories have been with other authorities. Some of my initial um, investigation has shown that um, of those plans which have been approved, then this, this third consultation was carried out. Now, I haven't got evidence to the contrary, but I would very much like that evidence before, before we come to it. I'll refer to Mr Fox, but I think uh, the government has changed its position on this, and uh, part of the discussion tomorrow, obviously, will be to consult on this very point, but the government has changed its position and is crystal clear about having one statutory point of consult uh, consultation. So um, I think that probably answers that point, but I'll hand over to Mr Fox. Yeah, and, and, and you're, you're partially right, Chairman, but there's obviously a period of transition as well. So... Excuse me. Some of the plans that you may be referring to did start under the old regulations, where this preferred option stage was included. So, the, you know, that might explain some of that, Chairman. But I think you know we must be very clear that this is government guidance. This is not something that Uttlesford District Council has, uh, is doing. This is government guidance. This is the way forward. This is the way that councils will be behaving. Um, now, you and I. Um, share the same desire for full consultation so this isn't to mitigate consultation there will be a full consultation on on the on the package um, but we also have to bear in mind that we've got to complete the process by the end of march and that government have changed the guidelines on consultation i mean you may ask why you would do two pieces of consultation on the, exactly the same subject um, it's very important that you have a full consultation but as i indicated in my previous remarks obviously um, the papers for this group in September will have uh, recommendations as to the sightings of, our, of the new homes. That will put in the public domain. This will create a public debate which we can deal with as, as we think appropriate. And then there will be a full consultation. So I we certainly won't be springing anything on the general public. They'll have significant opportunity to comment. And of course, in terms of the uh, actual factual accuracy of, of the sites in terms of whether they're fit or not, that process will also have been through. So um, I, th I think you had your, you were warming up to There's your substantive point. There's a further point, point. that we, in, the, in the first consultation we specifically said do not comment on the site. This will come in the second consultation. So we've made a real rod for our own back there and the public will not thank us for it. And, uh, but they will have totally full to opportunity to comment on the sites. That's exactly what November, December is going to be all about. Um, so, you, you know, there will be a full consultation on the sites. Bearing in mind, of course, that consultation is not a referendum, but that's not to underestimate um, that, that, you know, consultations are listened to. But as I say, there will have been a lot of discussion, public discussion about the sites. And we all know, um, Councillor Lodge, that at the end of the day, the expression, hopefully, the sites that we put forward as a planning policy working group um, will be those based on all the things that we've held so dear for the last 12 months in terms of objective uh, empirical data. And I think we 
very good track record to date of trying to establish that. But inevitably, there will be disagreements about whether Site A is better than Site B. Both sites may be perfectly suitable, but there will be personal preference that comes into that. And um, obviously, we'll be listening to that. But um, as I say, that, that, that we're not denying the residents of Uttlesford their say in this. Councillor Barker. Chairman, I, I'm quite happy with the new process, but I was very concerned that Councillor Lodge said that when he had a meeting with the developer, I do not believe that any member of this panel or this council should be a meeting with the developer. It may be a friend down the pub, but they were evidently discussing aspects of our local plan process making, and that really does concern me. I never meet a developer. I have never met a developer without an officer. I've never met a developer except at a public exhibition, and I wouldn't want any other member of this council to be doing so. Councillor Barker totally misheard what I said, and I would like that to be particularly put in the minutes. I did not meet a developer, and I've never done since I joined the council, and I won't do again. Um, however, this was fed back to me by a constituent, so it's very worried that, that I'm very worried that this was out in, in the public domain before I, as a member of this committee, saw it. Apologies if I misunderstood. Okay. Any uh, Councillor Lachlan? Sorry, uh, sorry, I'm actually referring to the document now okay. uh, and the uh, policies, and, and a lot of them say replace, 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 etc. Um, we obviously don't know what they've been replaced by. And when will we know? And when? And would you be able to tell us why? they have been replaced. All we have here, like design, Gen 2, which any of us on planning will know, it just says replaced, local plan, 2017. Um, so... Uh, you know, obviously I'm on the planning committee, uh, I'd like, and so is Alan, and, and it would be good to know, um, you know, why, are, why they're replaced and what they're being replaced by. But there's no indication in this document at all. I'll ask Councillor, uh, sorry, Mr Fox to uh, answer that. Specific. Thank, thank, thank you. you for the promotion, uh, Chairman. Um, yes, uh, they, they will. They, to answer your question directly, they will be in the new local plan. When that, when that is in draft form, all those policies which which are saved from the adopted plan will be replaced in some guise or other. You know, it might not be a direct one like for like replacement, but they will be replaced. And the local plan will set out the rush. The, the new local plan will set out the rationale for doing that. Essentially. Sorry, and how long will... I don't think the lights on. Sorry, can I... Oh. oh, I'm on now. Um, yeah, I, it will be in the new local plan, but will we, be, will we have any information about that before it gets there? Will we know? Yeah. That's, that's what I want, because, I mean, it's a long time to wait yeah. for the new local plan, and we don't know uh, anything about it. So... Chairman, if I can help, um, they, they haven't currently been replaced. These are the saved policies. So when the local plan, the 2005 local plan, um, when the, the system changed, we had to apply, the council applied to government to save certain policies and, or, or not save them. And if they saved them, then they could continue forever. And this is the situation we've got. So this is the list of, of policies that we currently have and that we need to do something with in the new local plan. So they either cease because they've no longer necessary or being built or they need to be replaced by something moving forward. So policy S6, Metropolitan Greenbelt, it needs to be replaced with something new in the new local plan because otherwise we will cease to have a policy that designates the Greenbelt's Nettlesford. So that's its point. And as before, the working group 
that's part of sort of also your, your point about will you be using work you did before we come into the working group that say these are the policies um, these are the policies perhaps to the draft local plan and how they were changed has there been any intervening that might change those again and, and that will that will come out over the next <coughs> six eight months or so depending on um, the work program um, so that the members here can have their say and say yes actually it's a policy is working well it needs to be kept or no it needs to be changed or tweaked or dropped or, or whatever so yes they will come through so there'll be uh, iterations of those policies has happened before through this working group before a final document in the local oh. plan has emerged. Okay, thank you. That's what I was worried about, that we actually wouldn't know what they were until no. it was about to be published. Okay, thank you. Okay. Councillor Dean. I'm probably going to, I think for the first time, abstain on a, on a, a night agenda information that I, I have to hand at the moment. I'd like to pick up the um, bullet on page 12 of the document, which is on page 12 of the papers. And it says, the team Council to help with some aspects of the work, and there is also an option to employ agency staff. I'd like to be updated on that situation, whether that's the case, and whether there are any new resources that are helping with the production of the report. And in particular, I'd like a, a, a commitment that we can do this and we could do that, that, it, that somebody is prepared to say we will do it if necessary. And I, I ask this question the slippage of the time scale, knowing that it's not just about Well, you'll be pleased to know, Councillor Dean, that you and I totally agree on this point. Um, that uh, we must have the right resources to make this happen. This is the single most important thing as far as the Council is concerned. We've got to have the right resources. This is a continuous discussion with officers. It's not, in, it's not entirely about throwing people at it, but I absolutely take your point. Um, so I will ask on this occasion Mr Taylor to respond to this um, in terms of people um, and if he sees the need for any more, because we have the resources to, uh, to, to, to pay for that if we need um, thank you, Chairman. We have an establishment of four, so that is correct, <coughs> an establishment of four. We have, um, for accuracy, we have three permanent members of staff. Um, we have Mr. Mr Fox, who's joined as the planning policy team leader um, for a specific length of time. In addition to that, we have identified that we need additional capacity now, so we've retained for six months an additional um, member of agency staff to come in um, who is... Uh, well, we thought he would be, but it's turned out to be very good and very, very helpful in terms of um, understanding the regulations and the some of the technical nature. So he will be a very valuable addition to the team. Um, as so that, and that's the team that, that's obviously based here. So there are five at the moment. Um, now that temporary length of time could be extended. Um, obviously, it makes sense if, if 
that person isn't up to speed with where we are and is necessary to extend for, for longer, then that, obviously that is um, perfectly within um, the council's ability. And there are funds in the planning reserve, and one of the criteria for the planning reserve is using for the local plans. There are sufficient funds available at the disposal of the council or, or officers. There is no formal decision that needs to be taken by cabinet or anybody. There are sufficient funds there to continue that if it is deemed necessary by officers and obviously Mr Fox will um, raise that to um, Mr Harborough um, as necessary in the future if that is deemed necessary. Just on top of that, um, we you know we work closely with colleague councils, uh, East Hearts, Epping and, and, and Harlow. Collectively, um, we employ somebody um, half day half day a week sorry part time half the time per week um, to coordinate the co-op group so bringing together so they coordinated the schmar they coordinated the economic um, the jobs forecast work, which means that we didn't have to coordinate that but so there was additional capacity there through that and collectively we have also um, appointed started this week I believe an additional member of staff. We based at Harlow and it's actually paid for by a government grant that Harlow have, but will work for the four authorities to focus on the memorandum of understanding. So the, the document that we will all need to sign to say how the housing numbers will be distributed and how they'll be delivered throughout the Shamar area. So again, there is sort of additional resources for things that we will need to do. So collectively, there are other resources that we can tap into um, that will be in, that will deliver important documents for the local plan process. Um, but coming back to the key piece of work, obviously um, this year is vitally important and to have the sufficient um, number of staff during the next year is vitally important for the process. Um, we have sufficient at the moment, we may need to extend, extend that and it may even be that at some point in the future we need to expand that further. We have the financial resources in the reserve to do that if ne considered necessary. So in summary, um, and for the minutes, uh, this working group has a very clear message uh, that officers should force um, ahead of requirement, not in retrospect because we're falling behind, but ahead of requirement. And uh, your councillor's full endorsement for that. Are there any other points on this item? I, 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 it, I, I'm, obviously it's your perfect entitlement to abstain, so I'm not going to um, go back on that. But uh, I do have a slight concern about in terms of the information, and I'm trying to think of this. Um, if, if you look at the back um, agendas, it's a pile about that thick. And, I, you, you know, for anybody, it's a hell of a lot to digest and carry at all times. Um, without putting a burden on officers, because we were very clear last time that we'd try and keep our information requests to what is necessary, just increasing. I will try, we will try and of keeping some of the points that you have raised, Councillor Dean, so that we can sort of have a refresher on that, so it's continually um, in your mind, because there's an awful lot of information to carry otherwise. Um, and it may be worth having some, without creating a new document, some kind of bibliography of, of, of previous papers so that you can refer back when you're doing your research. Maybe we, maybe we could have an item on the agenda of each of these meetings, which is uh, an update on the plan, the timetable. Okay. Okay. I'd just like to reiterate what Councillor Dean is saying. Um, 
I find it quite surprising that after three or four months of asking, we still haven't got something that actually lays out exactly what we're doing it and exactly when we're doing it. Um, I appreciate that information has to be fed in, and I appreciate the points you're making, but I just find it uh, almost untenable to the point whereby if something doesn't happen that affects you externally, we'll have no way of knowing it because we haven't got a record of when information is coming back. When is highways coming back? When is it due to feed in? When is this coming back? When is it due to feed in? It's a flow chart and we just need to understand exactly what will be happening when, if that's not too much to ask. No, okay. Well, okay, before I put this to the... Thank you, yes. Um, as you heard before, I'm deeply concerned that this, uh, this group is not making the decisions that it should, that um, pre-arranged pre items are being fed to the committee for approval and we have time to really assess this. I would like to propose that we ask officers uh, to revisit this, to look at the resources needed and to look at the schedule, as Councillor Mills has just said, and come back to the next meeting for a proposal whereby that additional consultation could still be included um, in, the, in the process. So that is my proposal on this item. It, it's hardly an amendment. No, it's, it's a proposal. Because... They can, they, they can certainly do that, but a huge amount of consideration has gone into this, and I won't repeat all the points that have already been made. Um, this isn't a dilution in, in our view of consultation. Um, this plan to, to hit the deadline of the end of March, and um, you know we're now we're now talking about 14 months. So knowing what goes into each stage, it is pretty sure officers will. Put to the vote the recommendation group point of order mr chairman i thought i made a proposal well in a sense i was asking you if you were making an amendment and you said no, no. I've made, i said i'm making a proposal that, that we we do not adopt this now and we ask for that extra work and to be brought to the next meeting that's my proposal well comment on this? I think yeah, a couple of things, Chairman. I mean, first of all, <coughs> clearly the recommendation is to Cabinet. It's Cabinet's decision. And I think being blunt about it, um, it we could throw as much resource as we could um, at an extra stage, but it would still add five months to the timetable regardless of how much resource one threw at it, Chairman, because there are various stages, yes, the six, six weeks consultation for a start, all the responses would have to be analysed again. Excuse me. So I think it's not so much a resource issue as just a, a, a time frame issue, Chairman, being blunt about it. Which was the point I was trying to make, that you had taken all of this into account. So I am going back to my original position to uh, ask the committee for its response that the working group notes um, the revised LDS and recommend its approval to Cabinet. Can I see those in favour, please? Chairman, um, would you consider, I mean, we've heard some of the points that Councillor Dean's made, would you consider adding to this recommendation something along the line back that we bring back to the next meeting a detailed timetable of 
something, whatever the, we want a detailed timetable of. When well, we've already, we've already. I'm trying to put it formally into the recommendation. I'm not changing that recommendation at all. I'm adding a second recommendation that a detailed timetable of whatever is brought back to this next meeting of this council. Very happy to add that, and we've already asked for it, and we've already told it's going to happen, so we can add it to the record. Um, the recommendation through Becca for the process here. Thank you. Um, Chairman, um, this is a working group, so um, there are no provisions for uh, making a, an amendment in the usual way with the rules of procedure that would uh, govern uh, a formal meeting such as the Cabinet meeting or Council meeting. They just don't apply. It's just a working group in terms of status. Thank you. So, for the third time, recommendation point four that the working group notes Cabinet. Those in favour? Five against three and one abstention. Thank you. Item Statement of community involvement, Mr. Taylor. Um, thank you, Chairman. Um, this is another uh, document, formal document, that we need to have, and it's necessary to update this. As the report on page 46 uh, states, um, we adopted our last statement in June um, 2015, statutory process, which is a formal consultation um, before, it, before it being adopted. Um, the review of the statement of community involvement is uh, threefold and is set out on, on paragraph eight. Um, we need to update various legislation and an approach in terms of plan preparation, so there's some terminology here. Um, necessity to update uh, the process in, in line with um, the 2017 uh, requirement from government and the necessary evidence and uh, as a result more efficient and focused engagement with key stakeholders. So that the, the document um, uh, clearly sets out uh, how we propose to consult with people, um, how we propose to engage over the life of the plan period. Uh, there, is, um, uh, there is a small mistake on page 60 where it mentions area panels, which needs to be updated and removed. Mm. Um, but uh, obviously the, or the area forums, as called, um, have, have ceased. Um, but this is a document that needs to um, go from this working group to, uh, to Cabinet and then on to formal public consultation. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you. Comments on item six, the statement of community involvement. Councillor Parry. I, um, paragraph 9, the benefits of getting involved, talks about the benefits of the public getting involved early on, but you've just taken that out by taking out the consultation, the middle consultation. How, ca how can we say that we must take account of um, what people say if we don't ask them? We, we have just carried out you know, the early consultation in terms of the issues and options consultation, um, and that's important. That's a key stage in, in this process. Um, 
so that is part of the importance of getting involved early on. So this hasn't changed in relation to that, that, that type of process that's been moving forward. That's talking about something that happened in the past. Yes, but this, this document is looking at the entire process of the local plan. It's not just looking at what happens from now onwards. It's looking at the entire process. Actually, it's not just about the local plan. It's actually about development management, um, and some of the changes relates to um, development management um, in terms of the requirements to consult and, and who we consult, you know, changes that have happened nationally that have now been um, reflected in this document. So it's not just about the local plan, but it's a reflection of the requirements that we that we're being asked to meet. Councillor Barker. The requirement oh, sorry, the requirements though are the government advice <coughs> is not to take it out, but that you can take it out, is it? The uh, no, the government advice is that the government regulations are that you don't need to do it. All the stages that we're required to do that set out in the regulations are within the consult are within the, the last item. Um, right, so so the regulations state what you must do, yes. but they don't state what you mustn't do. So they don't well, say, they do state what you is the government do, yeah. saying do not carry out that consultation? No. Right. So you're choosing not to do that for time constraint purposes. But That's at the, the same time you're yes. saying to the public, oh, you must get involved, which strikes me as rather patronising when you don't give them the means to. That's the situation that we and other councils find ourselves in, in terms of oops, thank you, um, of ensuring that uh, we meet the regulations that the government have set down to ensure that we are compliant, and that we meet the other um, requirements in terms of delivering the plan within the timescale that the government are setting down. And I believe that was a change by government. Yes, but Chairman, it's the um, planning, open bracket, local planning, closed bracket, these things always like lots of brackets, open bracket, close England, closed bracket, regulations 2012, it's statutory instrument 2012, number 767, which introduced the new regulations, which is saying that there's a requirement to do two stages of consultation, Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Barker. Uh, Chairman, back on consultation, uh, we're talking about focus groups, area panels, workshops. It is very important that we get the dates of these things. I know this is a, an overview document, but that we get the dates of these things <coughs> in the diary as soon as possible. We don't want them to clash with party conferences or other meetings or normally in Dunmo Town Council. We always seem to manage to have the dates, same day as Town Council. We've got to look at these now and see what we can get in the diary now so that the appropriate people can be there and the appropriate people who want to attend can get there. Thank you. Councillor Dean. Well, my point was similar to Councillor Barker's, but it was actually to say in the context of area panels, I thought, I thought we'd abolish them and therefore we haven't actually got area panels that can meet uh, to discuss this. And uh, I'm sure Councillor Rolf will remember that uh, I think I raised it at the December Council meeting that the um, lack of progress on reins or putting in place something to, to substitute for area panels hasn't yet happened. So we've got slightly we've got a bit of a vacuum here that I think uh, needs to be rapidly sorted out. And, and the same goes with the references here to Uttlesford Futures. And I'm not sure that that's currently functioning as a coherent body that can that can deal with this. So I think there are a couple of references in here that, uh, and I've been talking to people on Little Futures who 
or think they're on a lot of futures or are not comfortable with their roles. So I think, I think those need to be sorted out. And the other, the other one that I would like to raise in the similar area is the references in here to um, involvement of ward members as local members rather than members of this panel. Uh, I think that needs to be worked upon to work out a system whereby local members can provide input be it about knowledge about their wards or whatever. At the moment, it's a bit, well, in the past, should I say, it's been rather loose, and I think it needs to be formalised, otherwise it may not happen. Yeah. Um, if I may, and I'll come back to you. Um, absolutely, in terms of uh, ward members, as far as the LSP, the board, as you know, is dissolved. We've stated that publicly, but the four working groups are still very much alive, so they are pertinent to this discussion, uh, and they the chairs of those groups do get together. I'm now going to pick up, sort of half pick up Councillor Lodge's point and, and half pick up Councillor Parry's point, um, which is an, 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 an addressing the area forum point, because I have been in discussion with officers about having three area forums in September to discuss it does exactly what we talked about in the last session. It puts a huge strain on officers at the breaking point in the process. But if it requires extra resource to make this happen, I ask that officers look most critically at having area forums in the second half of September, which will give that outlet to public discussion. And actually, in, it, in many ways, it is, is a, a consultation. And then, of course, they have the opportunity for the, the consultation itself in November, December. So uh, but they, they will obviously be aware of, of the proposals, because I said that will have come to um, a meeting of this group, be in the public domain, and then to hold uh, those forums. So I ask officers to, to look critically, and as I say, if it, if it needs to increase resource, then we'll do that to make those things happen. Okay. Can I just come back on one, one other point? Um, there's reference in here to having dialogue with what are described as hard-to-reach people. Hard-to-reach people often means those who are most in need of housing, being in affordable housing or whatever. Uh, and I think that hard-to-reach people, so-called, will not come to area forums. They, they don't go to that sort of thing. Uh, and I think the council needs to go out to them. You know, work, meeting in community clubs where many people um, go, go to. So I, so I think we need to give some hard thinking to this. And in a way, it comes back to the question about the council's whole strategy for community engagement. How do we get through to, and how do, well, more to the point, how do people who are in greatest need of housing get through to us when, before we're making our decision on affordable housing where housing should go, et cetera, et cetera. So I'd, I'd make a very strong plea on that one that we give some, put some brain power to it soon so that when it, when it comes to the right time, we've actually got something in place that will work. Okay. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I'm on page 70, or page 66. It says 17 as well, so I'm not quite sure where I am. It's uh, 25.1 and 25.2. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking about consultation and consultation. Um, do we consult as a business? Uh, because it says here, and any person whom we let 
electronic communications, etc. Do we consult them as a matter of course, or is that um, is that something we we don't do? I would ask Mr. Taylor to come in. Um, <coughs> no. We, um, we don't consult them, we consult them, they're, they're on our database, but they are, these are statutory consultees that we are required to consult with. They are just a landowner. Um, but they're a business, surely, as well. Yeah, but in terms of not a statutory consultee in that sense, they are just a landowner business. There is no statutory requirement, and this is the difference, statutory mm. requirement. They are, yes, they're on the database, they're on the mailing list, so yes, they, 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 they perform part of that consultation. We oh. do, however, consult, and it's not a statutory, is it? slightly less, but we, we are required to consult in relation to safeguarding of routes into and outside. So we consult in the local plan process and also in relation to development management applications. Um, so there are certain criteria that we have to consult them on. But, but that's not actually the airport, that's, that's safeguarding. But it's dealt with by company, it gets a bit confusing. But this is the statutory elements rather than all the database that we also have. Okay. Yes, thank you, Chair. Just one quick point on process. Again, another big document that's changed. Could we have a markup next time, please? So I just wonder if that... Thank you. Very happy with that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the other thing, page 55, 12.2, uh, says, the Council therefore intends to improve the way we communicate general information about this process. So far tonight, we've only heard of a deterioration in that. I just wonder, how are we going to improve it? The forums have never been brilliantly successful. How, you know, what's the substance to 12.2? I'm pretty certain, because I've had this experience, been on the platform, um, when we discussed sites previously, and I can assure you they, they are extraordinarily well attended. Um, when we get to it, as I say, I'm only at this stage asking that officers um, consider most carefully putting these on, but we did have successful um, presentations on the um, areas of search and Um, and, and I think that should be part of it. So, so we're then talking about the particular sites, and, 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 and to, there will be considerable feedback. I can assure you of that. These will not be uh, badly attended meetings. But that's what's already there. We're going to have we're going to have one less consultation. So we're going to have one one fewer of those uh, processes uh, uh, when, when we get to that final consultation. Well, we'll be repeating ourselves, obviously, if we answer that point. But the consultation in November and December uh, will be a full consultation to the residents of Uttlesford. Asking exactly the same questions to exactly the same people. Are seeing the sites in the public domain as soon as we can in September so that people have a chance to digest them, then going in area forum style to talk to them about it, then giving them the opportunity in November, December to respond to a consultation. All of this time from September through, I'm sure there will be much comment in the local media, so it will be a very live issue. So I think there will be a lot of opportunity. Mr. Taylor has meetings, well, by that time, it won't be Mr. Taylor, but uh, um, has um, council meetings, as you council meetings, as you know. All this will go on. Uh, the, um, each councillor will have been so I a good range of consultation. I don't think anybody in Uttlesford so much have the opportunity to comment accordingly.
We're having what is a, uh, a further consultation by meeting rather than written. Well, I think it's more for information. As I say, I, 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 I don't know what two things to the same people achieve. Says it doesn't see the need for that either. We can. Chairman, the other method of communication we do have with our public, of course, is Uttlesford Life. And I'm assuming that in the summer issue there will be a further update on where we are and the timetable going forwards. Um, thank you, Chairman. This was one of the um, requests I think from that you have got uh, before you, um, which was to look at the key risks of the local plan, which also sets out some of the milestones that we have to go through um, and, and some of the, the, the issues that, that we could have moving forward. This is uh, an update of the previous risk assessment that came to you before. Um, it's important, obviously, that these are kept under review. Um, so the report's in two stages. Uh, pages 74 and 75 highlight um, some of the key risks, and 76 highlight the key risks. Um, the first being the, the resource risks, which I think we've talked about tonight quite considerably. Um, the operational risk, which is being... Um, work program and how that how that comes together um, ensuring that everything comes in at the right stage in terms of the evidence base and ensuring that it will be at the next meeting um, on, sorry, on the assumption that cabinet approves the, um, LDS now we've got that structure there we couldn't do a work plan before um, produced for the next meeting that does and then the the political that relate to um, the delivering a local plan. And part of that, um, if you remember, there was a decision or discussion at this uh, group, I think coming out of the planning advisory service work of, of scrutiny, looking at the relationship with full council and ensuring that at key stages of the process, full council was involved with the decision on consultation, which is um, why we are looking at setting up a full council meeting on the assumption that the, the next working group, um, this is your forward plan, next working group has a report 
representations and a, and a distribution strategy or overarching strategy. Therefore, the key, those key decisions can, can go to, to full council to get that that wider that buy. So that's part of that, that dealing with the political risk. And then um, table two, um, the more detailed risk assessment, um, perhaps in a more uh, traditional way, goes higher than the, the sort of more generic ones and lists um, 11 uh, risks, the implications, potential impact, and the mitigation that is that is currently there um, for your um, for your your consideration. Um, I don't want to to pick too many, but if we just look at uh, we've talked already about the the highways evidence. Um, as, as a result of consultation, for example, um, this November-December consultation that we're talking about, while we'll be working with Highways England over the next year, if Highways England currently dramatic as part of that consultation, that has an impact on the strategy that's been developed. Obviously, the Council will need to stand back and take stock and decide how it can move forward. You don't know these things until the consultation has come in, but as the implications there, it could add, if you're going back around the stages, um, an additional six months to a year in terms of a timeline. So some of these things are, are critical to the delivery of the local plan. And all the mitigation you can do is ensure that your, your liaison with those groups and with the key stakeholders, whether that's other councils, whether that's um, Highways England, whether that's... Uh, Historic England or any of these, you, that engagement is there throughout the process. So they've been involved looking at um, the council's assessment of the sites that have been submitted um, in various processes. They've been involved in, in terms of the duty to cooperate meetings to try and ensure that there is a clear understanding of any concerns. Um, and in terms of, if you just, just turn over, um, picking another one, uh, you know, risk number five. If the council fails to deliver or agree the, the, the draft plan because of, because of a particular reason, a critical aspect, I mentioned gypsies and travellers, we know the, the concern that, that many members of the public had and, and the, the angst that this working group went through in terms of considering those issues. This working group will need to consider them within the next six months. You know, it, there will be allocations of gypsies and travellers sites within the path, and I'm just picking on that because it's a very controversial item and we've seen that over the last, how long it was, six, eight months, but understanding that these critical decisions have to be made, otherwise it destroys the entire local plan process, is part of you know, a key risk of members in that political sphere, understanding that decisions need to be made, because otherwise it will be a, a, an indefinite delay and reduce control and potential appeals in, in relation to those areas. We've mentioned five. Uh, all these sort of things come in in terms of the, the I'm happy to unpack any of the other risks, but um, I mean, this is for your, um, for your in, uh, information um, as part of the, the background work to the local, delivery of the local plan. Uh, 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 and the working group is asked to, to, to note this assessment. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, 
I think any councillor reading this paragraph is not going to be happy. It says an additional threat of this risk is councillors asking for additional information, justification or evidence over and above that which officers consider is required. And then further down, councillors and the working group need to carefully balance their desire for information with the need for a proportionate evidence base, the need to move the plan forward. And then over the page, it says the leadership role of district councillors. District councillors have a vital leadership role to play to produce a robust local plan <coughs> for your area, etc., etc. Well, I'm afraid that to tell a councillor that they're holding the plan up because they're asking questions that they might feel pertinent, which you might not, is actually quite insulting. And, uh, you know, I mean, who's going to judge the judges, if you like? So I would like to see that paragraph totally removed because any council, not just this working group that wants to have a, an answer to a question, should be able to do that without you sitting in judgment. So if you could remove that, I think that would go some way to help build better relations. I don't have any argument with taking that paragraph out. Uh, this working group had a pretty long discussion at the last meeting in terms of what I think we term on this because every councillor must have all the information they need. Uh, but, uh, on the other hand, we know the pressures that officers are under. So it is, it is, it is the... It is the On the one hand, we must let officers get on with it. On the other hand, we need to be well informed. We just need to keep that equation in perfect harmony. May I come back? Yeah. Well, well, privilege be pertinent to ask perhaps our um, patches, if you like, because people would have asked us to ask those questions. So uh, I don't think it's unreasonable, and I don't think we're going to be asking questions all day long that will hold up the local plan because we know how important it is. We had um, an excellent illustration of how asking questions uh, because you don't understand something um, is, is good because we had a two hour or one and a half hour workshop from five o'clock today which was all about the objectively assessed housing need. Um, we were actually prompted to ask those questions by two members of the public who are here tonight uh, and I think we, we as members of the panel were saying well I don't think we could answer the questions that were raised therefore we need to go away and find out a bit more of what it's all about so I think there are times when extra work is necessary I know it's sometimes inconvenient and a pain but uh, I, I assure you it will be good in the end Councillor Davis Thank you, Chair. Um, just looking at the, the table two with the risk assessment number one and, and around highways and where we've been before, how, and I look at our mitigation, um, what, what is our earliest opportunity to, to sort of log our requirements as far as going back to the, you know, the plan and the timescales? And how certain are we that as soon as the opportunity to lodge those um, is available that we'll be there with the information and asking for it and with an expectation that if we have to you know speak to our MP or speak to anyone that needs to be done are, are going to do that and, and we're in a position to, to go when the green light switches on.
Yes, um, we had a meeting with the, uh, as I said earlier, with the highways consultants last week where this issue actually came up. And we've actually brought the timetable forward because we were concerned about this very point, that the plan was being driven by the speed at which we could get the highway data in. So if you feel like we've had, we've had that full and frank exchange, if I can use those terms, with them last week to get that timetable pulled forward because it is such a key factor in deciding which sites we, we actually start looking at. So yes, we, I fully take on board that point. Could I add to that, which is that one of the uh, agenda items for the meeting tomorrow with CLG, from their perspective, is what are the key blockages to your local plan process? Well, they're going to be highways and strategic highways. And, uh, and how can that engagement with Highways England, can they improve that process for us? So that's one of the things we're certainly going to feed back to the meeting. And similarly, with the, the four authorities, it's not just a question of Junction 8, it's Junction 7, Junction 7A and Junction 8. And collectively, we had a meeting with the Planning Advisory Service a couple of weeks ago um, in terms of they came to us just to try and understand how they could support us collectively. And that's the thing we went back with them on a collective basis, those four authorities saying, well, actually, can you help to unlock, get us in front of the correct people at Department of Transport Highways England, because while we're not the Transport Highways Council, you know, Council being Essex and, and Hertfordshire, we can feed through there, but we need other, other routes in as well. We've already mentioned our own MP, but there are other ways we can try and do that, so it, every opportunity those issues are being raised. Any other questions? <laughs> right, recognising that, yes, Councillor Lodge. Um, I wonder if I could propose a couple of fur further risks, uh, particularly looking at uh, when, when we get to the point of the, uh, the inspection. And uh, last time we were criticised on the audit trail showing how decisions have been made. I think we've, we, we, we've started a tiny bit on the slippery road tonight with some of the points I had read earlier, so I would like that as a, as a risk. And then furthermore, also coming out of uh, tonight really is that we have a perception in the inspector that we have not consulted properly. So I wonder if those two risks could be uh, added and mitigation suitably shown. Yep, we'll certainly do that. Um, but just to reassure you on the last point, it, it is on the agenda. Okay, absolutely. going to be very reasonable in terms of what we ask for, um, but apart from uh, bearing that in mind, uh, that's a promise, but we're just going to take out the paragraph. Um, so the risk assessment be noted, two additions, one rule of a paragraph um, uh, subject to modification as circumstances change, because obviously they, they will. Those in favour of that? Those against? Unanimously. Thank you very much. Item 8, consultation on proposed changes to the national planning policy. Uh, Mr Fox. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, first of all, could I introduce my colleague Susanna Wood, for those who, who don't know her, who's Housing and Planning Policy Manager. And if the questioning gets tricky, particularly on the affordable housing side of it, I'll be asking Susanna to, to bail me out. <coughs> 
Um, so self-explanatory report, Chairman, uh, this is a consultation on proposed changes to the NPPF in the jargon, National Planning Policy Framework. Um, I've tried to summarise a 27-page document into about four, but the, I believe that the link is in the report, if it isn't, it should be, but it's very easy to find if any member wants to read the whole document for themselves. Um, I have set out some initial comments, but I think that the main purpose of the report, uh, Chairman, is to generate discussion about some of the key proposed changes contained in it. And I'm sorry if I'm putting a burden on Rebecca here by introducing it that way, but I think what, what I would like to get out of this, Chairman, is, is, is to capture some of the, the, the key views of this group, which then I can feed back as part of the consultation process. Thank you. If I may, um, just kick off with a few points of my own, then we'll go around the room. Uh, on paragraph 10, page 84, uh, I, I think the key point here, uh, and we touched upon uh, the, you know, the value in uh, Uttlesford previously, is that um, this is a good deal for the first buyer. It doesn't do anything about the value of the property subsequently, and I think we should re-emphasise re I'm sure the government's aware of that, but I think we should re-emphasise it in our response. Um, on 24, I'm really pleased that you've raised the point um, that uh, we, are not in we are not in sufficient control of the rate of development, that w we are approving, this, this is the, the constipated elephant, isn't it? Uh, we're, we're, we're approving planning permissions, and we're not building at the other end. Um, and we all know why. So uh, use it or lose it is one option. Another option, which I think you might want to add, is to start charging um, council tax after a prescribed period. This, is, this point has been raised in the public domain. The government has to do something um, to make developers, uh, if they've got the permission, if you've been through that part of the process, get on and develop. Uh, otherwise, all we do is feed yet more and more into our five-year land supply, which is totally and absolutely unreasonable. Um, so I'd like to beef up that point. Those are probably my two points. Anybody else? Councillor Dean. I think my main concern from this is, the, um, is on <clears throat> page 87, paragraph 25. Not, not so much the question of where homes might be built, whether it's on brownfield sites or previous employment land, but it's this government obsession with so-called starter homes. In other words, that the only thing that the government seems to be interested in is getting people to buy houses. Um, you know, and it says in here that even with the discounts in this district, I can't remember what the numbers are, but most people or nobody on, never mind uh, minimum wage, but way above minimum wage is ever going to qualify to buy a starter home. Therefore, it's a non-starter for most people. Uh, you know, and I, I really think we need to hammer that home that there will always be and is continuing to be an increased need for, for homes to rent which are subsidised through whatever mechanism possible. Um, and, and there has to be a much better balance, in my view, between the drive for home ownership uh, and, and uh, the, the ability of people to rent places for those who are never going to be able to own their own place. And to me, that's the main message that needs to be sent back on this, that it's all well and good creating mechanisms and um, manipulating the planning process to try and achieve certain 
certain elements of housing dogma, um, but that's, that, that's wrong because it, it, it just puts members of the planning committee, like the two either side of me, in, 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 in an invidious position. Yep. They're not, they're not yep. delivering to the, for the people who live here, yep. or for okay. many people who no, live here. No, absolutely, here. fully taken on board. I'm sure the, uh, mm. the working group uh, endorses that comment, and maybe we could beef up that point as well, um, that uh, you know, there will always be a need for social affordable um, uh, house, rented uh, housing, and uh, that should not be undermined. Um, we are under the right to buy um, discussion, fully engaged with government and Ros with ministers actually on that, and uh, I, I, I don't say as a result of her work, but because the government has listened to people like Ros and others, um, the proposed uh, cut reduction in uh, rents. Uh, will not apply to exception sites and will not apply to uh, special sites. For example, if you're building a care home, which is what was going to happen before. And that is, that is very important news for Ruttlesford because um, both our care homes, actually, but certainly the one in Saffron Walden, was in jeopardy because the business case for the provider was starting to unravel because they couldn't predict forward income. So that is a piece of good news off the back of lobbying. So... You know, lobbying does pay. Okay, any other points? Councillor Barker. Chairman, I, I would just like to endorse what Councillor Dean said because earlier this evening we had a presentation and I think it said we had a need for 13,600 affordable homes. And the policies that are being adopted are taking more and more of those out of the market. Yep. A discounted home to buy is not an affordable home at £200,000. Not for, you know, a vast swathe of people. And we do need, you know, we know we've got 954 on our waiting list or whatever it is. We do still need to have some homes to rent. Thank you. Any other points? Okay, we've made a number of uh, suggestions. Um, uh, you weren't in the room, uh, Councillor Parry, but I sort of made the same point, actually, on paragraph 10 and then uh, other methods of the government um, persuading builders to get on and build uh, on paragraph 24. So with those various points made, um, are we, the recommendations, the views of the working group are sought on the changes. We've, we've given our feedback on that. Are you content with what we have done, those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 9. Duty to cooperate. South Cambridgeshire and Cambridge City Council local plans proposed modifications. Yes. Mr uh, Fox. Thank you, Chairman. Um, yes, again, self-explanatory re reports. Um, Cambridge City and South Cambridgeshire uh, have done a combined um, consultation on modifications to both their local plans. And uh, this came cropped up in the... Uh, <coughs> in the workshop earlier actually reference was made to these, these modifications um, they clearly have implications for Cambridge City and South Cams themselves but um, having read the proposed modifications uh, particularly the fact that Uttlesford is not being invited to take any additional housing from South Cambridgeshire um, my own personal view chairman is, is that there's no specific implications or repercussions for this council but Obviously, that's, uh, that's down to members of this group. Would anybody like to comment on this item? Councillor Dean? I just simply have a, a question on um, page 92, paragraph 9, where it talks about the modification to their plan to provide flexibility in the start date of delivery of new settlements in South Cams. Why is that? I just can't get my head around why they would why that's necessary. 
Mr. Fox. Through, through, through you, Chairman. Yes, yeah, so, yes, it, it does. Uh, it, it is just, it's effectively down to the wording of the, the the previous policy or the policy as was, which restricted the amount of development that could be provided before the end of the period of the plan. So it's one of these sort of double negative things, if I'm making sense. So the, the, the policy that was in the plan said only so many dwellings could be built at this new settlement before 2031. The developers said, well, actually, we think we can deliver more earlier in the plan period. So, so Southcam said, well, well, that's fine. If you can, we'll, we'll change the policy to, to give you that flexibility. For making sense. I mean, just to come back on that, you know, they've probably got good reasons for doing that, but anyway, this picks up Mr. McDonald's question of two meetings back that if you provided something early, you can't then say we're going to so slow pedal for the next few years because once you've established a new base, you've got to continue going forward. So it's just something at least to be aware of. I'm not saying yeah. it's right or wrong. No, no. Yeah. no. Uh, I think our challenge, if, if, if the Final figure is 568. I think our challenge will be to build at 568 because we haven't ever done that before. So, uh, but no, it's no point in building at 700. I mean, it might, it would be lumpy, obviously, but because um, um, you just get to the figure faster. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is for uh, for information. Views are sought. You are content. Those, please show that you're content. Carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 10, Uttlesford Strategic Flood Risk Assessment, Mr. Fox. Thank you, Chairman. Um, yes, again, hopefully this report is self-explanatory. It forms part of the evidence base that will underpin the local plan. It's something uh, that we as a council strongly advise to do as part of the plan preparation process. Uh, it's also useful for development management purposes as well. We've got the report now, and I think the good news as far as the plan preparation uh, process is concerned is that there's no particular showstoppers, if I can use that term, from a flooding perspective as far as our areas of search were concerned. So it, what, what is helpful, um, Chairman, is that we, we've undertaken the research and we know that that's not going to effectively rule out any, any particular large areas of search. So, so it might seem a bit of, you know, on the face of it, a bit of a futile exercise, but it's not because it's helpful mm. in, 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 in us making our longer term decisions, Chairman. So, as I said, the, the rest of it is self explanatory. Um, it's useful for development management purposes as well. And I'm happy to take, up, uh, take any questions, Chairman. Well, particularly bearing in mind what happened uh, in the new year, it's particularly pertinent, actually. Um, any comments? It's a key part of the whole assessment. Chairman, at some point, oh, no, it's all right. We've got, we've got the final link to the final report there. I'll just go and have a look at where does flood. So uh, we're asking that the group notes the published report and its inclusion as part of the local plan evidence base, a pretty key part in my view. Those uh, content with that? Please show. Carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 11, the last item, but I'm going to give officers notice because I'm going to ask them at uh, the conclusion of the meeting to tell us what we're going to be discussing at the next meeting, and we'll put that on the agenda um, in future. It's been raised several times. It's a very legitimate point. It helps to uh, future uh, you know, horizon planning for us. Uh, so we'll do item 11, and then um, what happens next time? Uh, Mr. Taylor. Duty to cooperate. Thank you, Chairman. While Mr Fox is hurriedly scribbling down, I will take this one. Um, this is a regular update um, on the duty to cooperate and work that we've been doing. You remember at the last meeting, I believe, you asked for a detailed appraisal of uh, the approach that we have, and you remember that I referred you to 
previous document many meetings before. So I brought a reworked do, a version back which sets out um, what the strategic priorities are as defined in the, um, the MPPF um, and how which goes and then the next section on the bottom of page 100 the, the agencies and the organisations that we need to consult with that list of bodies is, is set out um, for us but also um, a wider group of councils that aren't necessarily set down but that we've identified mainly other councils and other, other organisations that we need to engage with through normal consultation but in some cases much more closely you know our colleagues at East Hearts, Epping and Harlow are there you know in the deal with the Schmar or South Cambridge and Cam City as we've just been talking about so that we have a, a closer engagement with those um, we have at the top of page 102 um, details of um, the, the local enterprise partnerships that we work with and also picking up Councillor Lachlan's point London Stansted Airport now owned by MAG so you know we've got these key while they're not statutory we've got these key people that we need to engage with and then we've got in paragraph 5, the key cross-boundary um, issues, planning issues that we need to, or that relate to the strategic priorities that we need to ensure we're covering off. There is no point having meetings or no purpose having meetings when there is no purpose. Um, that's quite clear. There needs to be, the meetings are there for an outcome. And that's going back to Councillor Lodge's evidence point. That's what you need to evidence, the outcomes of those meetings. There is no point just having meetings and, and detailing that. It's the outcomes from those meetings. So we've identified, and these haven't changed um, from the previous report, the um, six um, uh, key strategic um, issues that cross our boundary and that we need to engage with other councils about. Um, I'm happy to unpack those if people wish. And then in paragraph six, we set out the ways, the established ways that we engage and consult with, with, with those organisations. Uh, fourth bullet point down, the Cooperation for Sustainable Development Board that Councillor Barker sits on. There is an officer group that sits under that. Um, uh, there's a meeting on Friday about that that we're attending. There's a meeting next Thursday about that that Richard's attending. So that there are regular meetings of, of that officer board that then um, reports into that the, the member board there. Uh, the very last bullet point, the A120 Economic Corridor Group. Um, Councillor Rolf actually mentioned the meeting we had last week, week before uh, Essex, where he mentioned Junction 8. That's the <coughs> meeting that we actually took that to, raised it up. It's actually looking that group is looking at the key links between Braintree and Colchester in terms of the A120. We've got a nice dual carriageway bit and then it sort of goes into a bit of a dirt track after that. Um, but the, the strategic work to in, in improve that link will have an impact on the junctions. So actually feeding the requirement to make, you know, keep that on the top of the agenda is important to that, that group. And uh, Councillor Rolfer and I attended, attended that meeting. Um, You'll be aware that we've engaged heavily on the West Anglian Rail Routes Group um, and in the, the government's current task force on that group where we're supporting our MP who, who chairs it to ensure that we have our, 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 um, our voice in there. So that's how we've, the uh, things that we've identified in terms of the bodies, uh, what we need to do and how we're doing it. Um, and then uh, a brief update in terms of the things that have been happening. Um, I've already touched on West Anglian Task Force, but then uh, paragraph 11 and 12 
uh, you remember in the, in the last um, update there were some meetings mentioned but the minutes weren't or the notes weren't um, hadn't been approved by the other side at that stage well they have now and they are here so you can read the discussion that, that, that happened um, and obviously we will continue to engage um, we, I think we have a meeting coming up that Epping have invited us to to talk about various different things which include their Greenbelt Review so we've been, we're in, being invited to other councils our Greenbelt Review obviously we invited other councils to participate in our meeting you know, to discussion to ensure their views were heard so those discussions will continue um, but I'm happy to take any questions I think Councillor Perry I think this was something you raised I think at the last meeting was in terms of the minutes I don't know whether this addresses your I think uh, a few meetings ago, but yeah. yeah, I'm quite happy with that, yeah. Okay, good. Thanks. Any other comments? Councillor Dean. Yeah, I, I think I agree with the point about the Mark's data brain tree bit of the A120 because of my understanding that quite a lot of traffic already uses the M11 and the A120 in its present fragmented state to avoid the southern parts of the A12. So presumably they'll do it even more and it's easier to get from Mark's day. I just have one question on a paragraph or a bullet point on page 108 where it says, <clears throat> and this is the meeting with Braintree, Braintree are looking to deliver their own housing and employment needs within their district and are not asking other councils for assistance in this regard. We, I don't have, I haven't had prior sight of the uh, list of proposed sites, uh, but, but we all know that there's been somebody buzzing around for years uh, promoting ideas, cross-boundary ideas between Uttlesford and Braintree. So I just really wanted to clarify the meaning of that, um, that sentence. It doesn't necessarily mean that if they decide to go ahead on their side of the, the district boundary that we haven't to take into account what they design on their side, on our side. Should we join in that? But what this is saying is that they'll, they'll essentially accommodate their numbers on their side and, and we would on our side. And I'm not wanting to preempt any discussion about the, you know, the, on, the ongoing discussion on that. I'm just wanting to understand what this is saying. I think uh, you've uh, analysed it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. That uh, what they do on their side is their business, so it doesn't prejudice any it's, but it's, it's the latter point that that means that they are looking to build all their housing within their land and they're not asking, as we had the discussion with South, they're not asking us to take any of their housing or employment land, they're looking at delivering all within. We don't know what they're looking at doing, there's no plans that we've seen so we don't know what they're doing, they're looking at doing it all within their area and they have not asked us and that's one of the reasons for writing it down because <laughs> they have not asked us to take any housing and I think Probably that sentence is also in the previous, in terms of the discussion with South Cams and, and Cams, to make sure you know we've, we've gone through, we've asked the question. They are they are not asking us to take any. But you, uh, very well made with the 20 because we are heading. It hasn't been signed off yet. Um, in fact, they don't even know what the route would be, and as you know, that's a subject for huge debate. Um, but it, 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 it is a politically popular and actually commercially um, it, will, it will happen in course so you've then got a perfect storm of possibly I note uh, Mr McDonald's comments on the subject but possibly increased uh, traffic at um, Stanford Airport local plan
notwithstanding whether we built, didn't build another house in the south, there's still a lot of traffic coming out onto the 120. And of course, Braintree. Uh, they've already indicated that there could well be developments uh, themselves. So um, the, the, the potential impact of those things is, could be very significant. And as we know, the, uh, uh, the inspector referred to this at the last uh, appeal. So the matter's got considerably worse since then. So Junction 8 is absolutely pivotal. Um, any, other, any other points? Otherwise, the report. Happy to note the report, those in favour? Thank you. Carried unanimously. Okay. Uh, do add anything, Mr. Taylor, if you wish. Uh, what are we discussing at our next meeting? Sorry, this is very much my draft shopping list, uh, Chairman, because you did put us on the spot. Um, firstly, the issues and options consultation responses, this, this high-level report. We'll see how far we get with analysing that, but we'll put something definitely to the next meeting in terms of what people have been saying as part of that. And that will include what they were saying about uh, single settlements? Yes, that's, that's, a that, question. That, that, that's right, and, and that will be very much part of it. Okay. Um, the, the, the related issue you've just touched on is, is the principle, and I stress the principle, of whether the Council does support the idea of a, of a, of a larger, larger development, new settlement. Um, and again, that's not necessarily to say that there will be one or where it is, but whether in, in principle it is, it is something that we, we should or could pursue. Um, an update on the evidence base. We touched on the transportation studies. There's various other studies going on, so it's probably time to do a round robin on that, Chairman. Uh, the forward plan work programme, so that will be a, probably a, a combination of some of the, the project planning that we talked about together with the actual work programme for this group. Might be the same report, might be separate reports, don't know. Uh, something on the duty to cooperate and depending on how far we've got with the SLAR, potentially something on the SLAR as well, Chairman, depending on where, how far down the line we've got in terms of the, this consultation that we're going out on. It may, may be premature, but we, we might well give you an update anyway about where we are. So okay. That, off the top of my head, Chairman, those, those are the items. Well, that's a comprehensive meeting and some very important subjects. For the second point, in terms of starting to shape the structure... I don't know how colleagues feel, but on the principle that everything has to be evidence-based, I'm not going to sit in a meeting and say I prefer or don't prefer a single settlement without very clear evidence that supports the decision one way or another. So I think this group, that will be starting a process that will be pretty fun to the whole uh, of this local plan. So I'm sure colleagues would want to make that decision on the basis of a very clear direction of evidence. Okay. Is that a fair comment? Sorry, noted Chairman. Yeah, I mean, can I, can I add to that? I think it would need to set out pros and cons, both in terms of scale, in terms of timing, how the concern of a uh, a large settlement would fit into this plan, whether it ought not to start in this plan or, or the pros and cons of starting in this plan and it being something that gets deferred to the next one. And all, all, obviously all that ties in with the um, figures, of housing numbers we were talking about earlier and the, the alternatives to that. So I think there are, you know, there are lots of pros and cons. It could be a very messy decision-making process, um, uh, which might need more than one bite of the cherry. So I, so I suppose what I'm therefore saying is 
I don't want to be bounced into something next month if, if, if that's premature, but, but start the discussion process if that's the right way to go about it. Okay, noted. I mean, it, that uh, will probably require, if, if we're not content next time to make a decision, we'll probably have to have a special meeting so that we can try and get a council meeting in March um, so that officers know the structure. Um, and similarly, we'll need to be bringing our councillor colleagues up to speed because we can't bounce them at a council meeting either. So they'll, we'll need to have some kind of um, briefing for them. Okay, Councillor Barker. Um, Chairman, do we have, or can I ask the officers whether we have any confidence by, by, that is late in the day, that by the time of our next meeting we may have the outcome of a couple of outstanding appeals? My understanding is that we, we are getting close. That it, that the, the paper has been sitting on the Minister's desk and he's asked one final question. Um, so officers probably know better than I. As you know, a lot of pressure has been put on by uh, our Member of Parliament on this. But I understand it, it, it could be within weeks. I, I, spoke, I spoke to the um, contact at CLG yesterday. <coughs> um, it is, it is sitting with ministers for the final sign-off. There, there was a question about ministers. It's waiting for that golden signature. Okay. Um, if there are no other matters... Yeah, we've got the uh, subject of the next meeting. Could we look at forward meetings after the 26th of April, please? Yeah, that would be really 2016, useful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think, uh, members of the working group, I thank members of the public. As I say, there's nice slabs of cake, so please take one on your way home. Thank you for coming along and look forward perhaps to seeing you to the next meeting. Thanks very much. Yeah.